As we gather at God's house this morning, uh, a portion of this message did indeed come one night in South Carolina. And as I began to dwell on the subject of God's arks, I realized that the Bible is full of God's provision. All the way from the book of Genesis to the ending of Revelations, the Bible has inserted a story about an ark. An ark that would begin by the building of an ark in Noah's day and following on through the Bible. And that's what I want to do with you. I'd like for you to go with me this morning. As we travel from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelations and we see God intervening in the lives of many people. So we'll have some different readings this morning, but the first one will be Genesis 6, 13 through 22. I'd like for you to turn there with me as I share that with you. Genesis 6, 13 through 22, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence throughout that through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it, or make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubics, the breadth will be 50 cubics, and the height 50 cu- or 30 cubics. A window shalt thou make in the ark, and in a, in a cubic shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shall be set on the side thereof, with lower second and third floors shalt thou make it. And behold, I even do bring a, f- a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come unto the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wives and thy sons' wives with thee. And of everything that is of, of flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female." of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth and after his kind. Two of every sort shalt thou, uh, shalt thou shall come into the ark to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, uh, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according to all the commandments, all that God commanded, And so did he. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word. Would you bow with us once again in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we bow once again in awesome wonder of the love that you have for us. A love that would send judgment. A love that would bring commending us to your service. A love that would carry us through many hard times in life and a love would gather with us here this Sunday morning that we might ponder the greatness of it, the awesome privilege of being a part of your family. Thank you, Lord. Guide us now as we worship, as we listen to your word and open the windows of that special truth. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Maybe seated. Four times in God's word we see God speaking through arcs. You may not recall, I mean, the common thing to think about was the ark that was built by Noah. 
an ark that would pronounce judgment on a world that had got so sinful that God saw there was no need of bringing them back. All the greatest need of all was that God loved even those that would die. But his love would be pondering on the first minister he would call by the name of Brother Noah. And he would be the person who would build the ark and make a provision for God's salvation for a world that was so full of sin. As I begin to read this story and I begin to realize that we're living in a world that comes parallel with the story of the ark of God that we see in this, in this part of the Bible. We can see here that God is able to send judgment upon a world that has fallen away. God's judgment could well hang over America and the world today because of the sinful nature that we have bowed into. But I do believe that God's mercy is still reaching, that God's love is still trying to reconnect a relationship with his children that would bring about a difference in a world that's got so corrupt and so crippled with the sinful ways that have come. You have a part in playing that uh, that Noah had, and one of the things that he was to do, not only was he to build the ark, but he was to preach repentance during the building of it. And for 120 years, Noah would pause daily from the construction site and would preach about the deliverance that God wanted to give. But a deaf ear would be turned to the message, as it is often today, and we would find the world that would be lost all but eight people. There was Noah and his wife, the three sons, Sham, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives, eight people spared in the world. So God did find someone to spare when judgment would come. And I believe today that God is looking for some Noahs. I believe today that God is looking for a way to share that love that he has for the world, even though sin is so rampant. I've often said, and I believe it with all my heart, we cannot as a world or as an individual cannot out God's grace. It's an awesome thing that God is hovering over America with, the grace and mercy of God that will last and last, but we must respond to that call. What size was the world in those days? I don't hardly know, but if you look at people in the lives that they lived when they were all the way from six, seven, eight, nine hundred years old, there could have been a million people. And as we think about this, this thing that was taking place that God saw Noah that he was full of wisdom and the special truth that he knew that God was the very one that would bring about salvation if the world would listen. We, each one of us, are ministers of the gospel and the salvation of Jesus Christ. You know, I thought about salvation and it kind of comes from the word salvage. And we can see that sometimes, you know, I can drive by uh, uh, a junkyard, a, a crippled car garage landing a place, uh, drive down 62 here past Kenny Young's place, and I don't have a clue what some of those bent and beat up cars look like if they were fixed. But someone who is in the business and knows what they look like before they were wrecked can make something out of them. And that's the way it is with God. God looks on a world that has been wrecked. We have collided with sin and have been torn apart with those things and the evidence of what can happen if we take the wrong road or don't turn in the right way. God wants to salvage souls today. And if you're a, if you're a child of God, that salvage has taken place. God has remade you. 
into that person that he knew you wanted to be or needed to be and even at birth. And so as we think about the story of Jonah before we get into arc number two, I want to reemphasize the fact that a few years ago I was led to preach a message on the ark and uh, I often try to read between the lines. Now I know the Bible says don't add to or take from the scripture, but I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to just illustrate a fact of what I see every time I read the story of Noah and the ark. I see Noah building. I see his three sons carrying the materials. I see the wives taking part, fixing the meal, and kind of like we did when we built the church. We all took part in that, all gathered together with one common concern, and that was to build God a house, a tabernacle, a place to reside when we would come. Not that he stays here after we're gone, he goes with us, but that's what's important to God. So God wanted the world to see him, and the world was looking in the wrong direction. And so Noah began to build the ark and preached about the coming rain that was going to be. It hadn't rained before. It was foolish talk. It fell on, it fell on ears that didn't understand. The world had been watered from, with the dew from the, from the earth that had fallen down and given strength to the plants. So it hadn't rained before. So when he was saying, folks, it's going to rain, water is going to fall out of the sky, I'm sure if I'd have been in the crowd, I would have kind of questioned that too. But I would have hoped, I would ask Noah if I could get in the ark. I hope today, if you're not a child of God, I want you to picture the ark of safety that we'll talk about in a little while, even Jesus, that he wants you to get inside the realms of that protective wall of love before destruction can fall, and it will come to a world that we live in today. And so he continued to build. He continued to saw the timbers, to gather the wood, to be sure it was all just right. And I just love the stories that we're hearing about the ark as being built up between Cincinnati and Lexington, somewhere up there. I can't wait to see it. I want to see it. We will see it. We probably will take a van load one of these days. If you want to go, we'll keep thinking and talking about that. But I think it's an awesome thing. I think it's such a landmark. I think it's I just think it's awesome that this has happened and, and our world is still letting God shine in a corner of it. So Noah continued to build. It was looking like a boat. Well, a boat needs to be have water in order to function in the way it's being built to do. And so crowd would gather. Every evening, probably an evening service, Noah would stand in the door as already had been uh, fixed, and he would preach repentance. I'm telling you, folks, you need to get in the ark. It is going to rain, and you will drown if you do not have the safety of this ark. And so they would go home at night, leave him there, wondering why people didn't respond to the message of God. As a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it seems to be a no-brainer to me for someone to be lost and the, the salvation be presented in such a loving way, and the choice would simply be heaven or hell, saved or lost. I don't understand, but the world is wagging in the wrong way, it seems, and that's what we see in here. There was a young man, maybe well could have been. I'm sure there was a lot of men and a lot of women, a lot of dads and moms and children outside the ark that next day. 
And as uh, Noah would preach repentance, all of a sudden, it started sprinkling. A few drops of water falling from the heavens. Everybody thought, we got to rush home. My goodness, what's taking place? They all start leaving. Except this one young man, probably in his middle age, had a son about so tall and his wife. They looked at one another and said, well, maybe we ought to just go on home too. This can't be. But as they began to walk away, the drops got harder. It all began to fall so hard that for now the little boy was playing in the puddles. You know how we like to play in the puddles. But the puddle became a skim of water all over the ground and they were playing in it. Now it's ankle deep on the dad and finally it rained so much that it was up to his knees and he picks up his little boy and puts him on his shoulder and he begins to walk away looking at his wife once in a while. What do you suppose, honey? What do you think really is going to happen? Is this really God coming out of heaven with judgment against the sinful world that we live in? Water's deeper now. It's up to his waist, and the little boy's feet is almost touching the water. And as he continues to go, he looks at his wife and he said, I tell you what we need to do. We need to just turn around and not be too obvious, but let's just start walking back toward the ark. And so they did. Now they're in sight of the ark. Little boy on his shoulders, water plumb up to his chest. Noah, while he was on his way home, God had told Noah that it was time to shut the door of the ark. Noah, no answer. Noah, we meant to. Please open the door. We want to come in. I want to save my son. I want my family to be spared from this that's coming upon us. But it was still quiet. All except one whisper if he could listen close. Noah was inside, just inside the door that had just been closed. On his knee praying, oh God. I have uncles and aunts and brothers and sisters and folks outside this ark that are lost. They can't get in. Can I open the door? No, it was too late. Too late for the little boy. Too late for the young family. Too late for those that had turned their backs on God and went home. Don't let it become too late for you. Don't let it be too long before you say yes to a God that will spare you from the floods of judgment that will come upon this world. Let him save you while time is of essence. I've often said, what would you do today if you didn't have the opportunity to do it tomorrow? It was too late. The ark door had closed. But as we move on through the Bible, we move to another ark. It is called the Ark of the Covenant. The Bible says that the Ark was an Ark that God wanted to be built, and he gave Moses directions. You know, Abraham had lived some 400 years after the flood. Then Moses would come along later, and Moses would be the directive that God would use to build another Ark. And this Ark was not an Ark of condemnation or judgment that would come, but it was an Ark that God wanted to symbolize his presence 
with the people that he had been leading all the way from Egypt to the promised land. And the ark had, the Bible says, had in it a, a sample of the manna that they, was, they fed on on the traveling from Egypt to, toward the promised land. It had in it the rod of Aaron that budded. It had in it a copy of the Ten Commandments that God had given Moses just days before it was built. It had in it the symbolic presence of God and God is always wanting to show the people what they want to see. You know, sometimes we're a people, we talked about faith in Sunday school class. Faith is believing in something you can't see. God realized how hard that was in those days and he still realizes that today. It is so hard to believe in something you can't reach out and touch, that you can't visualize or cannot see the evidence of what has been said, but the ark symbolized the presence of God. And I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Exodus 25.10. Exodus 25.10. God spoke to Moses about the second ark that would be built. And they shall make an ark of shittim wood. Two cubics and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubic and a half the breadth thereof and a cubic and a half the height thereof, and overlay it with gold. God's symbol of his presence would be there for his people. You know, I, I read a little cartoony-looking thing a few years back, and it stuck in my mind. This guy was on his knees praying, and, Lord, send me a sign. And then in the next caption, it showed this big old block falling to earth and had a sign wrote on it. <laughs> God will give you a sign if you'll just pray in that direction. Ark number three. Would you turn with me to this book of Psalms 132? And why the book of Psalms? That's before Jesus. But Psalms 32, 132 does speak about Jesus. And I want you to look at it with me. And the Psalms 132, verse 8. <clears throat> David said, Arise, O Lord, into thy rest, thou and the ark of thy strength. David had an insight, a divine revelation of what the ark of God would come to be in the third census, and that was it would be Jesus. The ark of safety that we can enter and be saved from the condemnation that comes upon the lost. It's in the hands of Jesus. You need to be a part of that family. You know, God is so fond of having you being a part of his family. He didn't need another family. He just needed a bigger one. And he wants you to be a part of it. And as we look at the third ark, we can see then that it certainly depicts the fact that Jesus is that third ark that we can be able to enter into and be saved. And God's grace is so there. You know, we, it says in the Bible that uh, Jesus Christ was the incarnate God. He was the flesh with us God. But I want you to turn with me to Revelations then, the fourth and the final ark that I want you to look at with me. Revelations 11, uh, 19. 11 verse 19. <clears throat> and the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in the temple the ark of the testimony, and there was lightning and voices and thundering and earthquakes and great hail. The last ark that we see today is the most important ark of all. It's the ark that shows us the gates of heaven, 
the place that you can go if you have realized God's ark in the ark of his presence, God's ark in the ark of his son, Jesus, God's ark in the ultimate, and that is the day that we leave this life and enter heaven's gate. I've said all of this this morning to tell you how important it is to be ready when Jesus comes. As the song, I love it. Say, will you be ready when Jesus comes? Being washed in the blood. I want to ask you this morning, do you know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of your life? Have you been to Jesus lately and just tell him how much you love him? You won't be there very long until you hear him say, I love you too. You've heard me say it a hundred times and less. I often wake up and see on the clock 316 and I know that's God saying, I love you. And I so quickly say, Lord, I love you too. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn us as was in the beginning there, but that he would commend us to the heavenly father that we could be a part of the promise that would take us to heaven's gate one day. To go to heaven, you must be expected. Arrangements needs to be made. You must be packed and ready when Jesus gives the call. Say, will you be ready when Jesus comes? Are you ready today for life to come to an end? Oh, it may not for many years, but it could in moments. We read every day, the papers and the radio news simply says that someone stepped out into eternity and maybe without Jesus. If you know God, just know of him, that's not as much as knowing him as a personal savior through Jesus Christ. What is the need today? Do you know Jesus? Is he dear to your heart? Is it good to gather to worship a living God? May God bless you. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today for your salvation. We thank you today for that promise that said if we just put our trust in you that we can go to heaven one day. And I long to hear that call, to hear the words that you may well say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, being a faithful just over a few things. But now, glory has come. And I just pray, Lord, this morning that if someone here that doesn't know you has not been saved or has a question about salvation, that today that matter could be settled and we can know that we know that Jesus is the answer for everything in life. Guide us, O oh God, in this your invitation time. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.